Hello, and welcome to another episode of Cranky Talk, a show for avgeeks and non-avgeeks alike. We continue to tackle everything happening in the aviation world in the time of COVID, and today we're going to do a follow-up on COVID safety. That's right. It is sequel season here at uh, Cranky Talk, where we've uh, completely run out of original ideas. Come on, man. Way to live up to your reputation, Dower Dave. But no, I just do sequels when that's what the people want. And right now, this is what they want. Sure. And uh, it just so happens that what they want are timely updates on a rapidly evolving situation. Right. But first, I want to thank this week's Cranky Talk sponsor, Turbulence Forecast. Almost every flight experiences turbulence, but did you know you can find out exactly how bumpy your flight will be even before you get on the plane? Do like I did last week when I took my first flight since the pandemic and visit turbulenceforecast.com. View turbulence maps for routes everywhere in the world. See, I went off to Hawaii, Dave, as you know. I do know that. I I pulled it up on the map to take a look. There, There was no turbulence predicted. And uh, that was nice that I, well, I knew that. Good for you. I'm not jealous at all that you went to Hawaii. I feel like that's sarcasm. Well, you can feel what you feel. All right, fine. Well, anyway, this free-to-use site provides access to the same maps pilots use, plus helpful explanations on how to interpret them. See, this is why I just went to the pilot and said, hey, man, I already know the story here and, and lectured him. He seemed to like that a lot. I'm sure he received that warmly. Yeah. Yeah, it was great. Uh, TurbulenceForecast.com also offers concierge forecast by email service from the founder of the website. Place your order before your flight. You'll receive a personalized forecast by email that details what turbulence to expect during your entire route. Check it out today at TurbulenceForecast.com. Now, safety is a broad topic. So let's go ahead and narrow this down a little. What we're talking about today is COVID safety. Specifically, are airlines doing anything differently than they were at the start of the pandemic? And have we learned more about safety in the month since? Okay, great. So let's start with the differences. What do you have? Well, airlines aren't doing all that much different than last time. So there's great. that. But great. we we have seen some changes with the electrostatic spraying. Uh, different airlines continue to find the compounds they like best and That allows them to vary the frequency in which they spray, but it's not likely to materially change safety, and it's nothing that you would notice. All right, so what about blocking middle seats? That seems to be something that people really want. Yeah, true. That is a big selling point. And uh, at this point, Delta and Alaska are still holding out and doing it through January 6th, Uh, though they've tweaked things a little bit, make more seats available for parties sitting together. Uh, But those are the, the two big holdouts at this point. JetBlue is extended through December 1st, uh, but there's a catch. It's allowing a lot more people to be booked on each flight. So it's not really blocking middles in the same way it was. It's just leaving some seats open. Uh, Hawaiian, which I flew to Hawaii, as you may have heard, Dave, sure, uh, is, uh, is blocking through December 15th. And they haven't made a decision on what to do beyond that yet. And Southwest, well, Southwest actually just announced that they will stop limiting capacity on December 1. So middle seats for everyone. All right. So holiday travelers, keep that in mind. Yeah. Yeah. And by the way, if you booked a Southwest flight for the holidays or really any time December and beyond, 
um, and you don't want it because middles aren't blocked anymore, the airline will give you a full refund. They're sending emails out, so keep an eye on that. Uh, but one really important thing to remember here, just because an airline blocks a middle seat doesn't mean it's the best option. Uh, when we looked at flying to see our, uh, well, to see my in-laws for the holidays, it was cheaper to buy six tickets, you know, block the two middle seats by paying for it on American, uh, than it was to buy four on Delta. So, you know, either way you get an empty middle. All right. That's a good tip. Uh, can I buy an extra seat on any airline? Uh, well, on most U.S. airlines, but Southwest says you can only do it if you have a disability that requires it, which is a bad policy. But they probably can't ask you what that disability is, so you can probably do it anyway. Uh, on other airlines, it's an option that's worth thinking about for those who are concerned about middle seats spreading the virus all over the place. All right. Or if uh, you don't want to sit next to an annoying seatmate. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the that's actually the best reason. <laughs> right. Uh, but, uh, that does make me wonder, have we learned more about how the virus spreads on planes yet? Yes, we have, Dave. How convenient, convenient you asked me that question. Yeah. Uh, That, that's where we're going to spend most of our time here this week. So, so look, COVID uh, has been around long enough that there are more and more studies coming out, uh, talking about how the virus behaves on airplanes. And I've looked into a couple of them. We're going to dive in today. Right. Uh, These studies covered a lot of ground. So before we get into the details, were the results good or bad for people concerned about the spread of COVID on a plane? Good? (laughs) Mostly good? Inspiring confidence as always. (laughs) Well, the one we're really going to focus on is good, but there are more studies that come out all the time that have contradictions in them so you know but but let's 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 be happy today so the the first study we're going to look at here this this was commissioned by the department of defense um, to see if it'd be safe to transport troops on commercial aircraft and so based on their results the conclusion they came to is yeah it's safe this particular study focused on the transmission of the virus via tiny aerosol particles uh how tiny are we talking here Oh, like really, really tiny, like like smaller than the chance that I will ever care about soccer, despite your best efforts. Oh, well, try as I might to get you on the uh, Tottenham bandwagon. Oh, it's never happening, man. It's they, not at all. But look, the, in reality, they use two particle sizes, one and three microns. I don't know what those are, but I assume they're the opposite of a macron. Oh, boy. To our uh, French fans uh, out there, I apologize. Jean-Luc! <laughs> <laughs> All right. Bigger bigger droplets have been covered pretty well by other studies, but uh, for aerosols, there was less understanding of how it would spread, and it really doesn't spread much at all. So that that's kind of what they focus on here. Uh, y- you can read full details at a post I wrote on crankyflyer.com, and we'll uh, put the link in the show notes to that one. Uh, but if you just want the summary, uh, I can oblige. So what they did, they took a mannequin named Ruth. Her job was to breathe and occasionally cough fake virus on an airplane. Then they had sophisticated sensors track where her virus spewing ended up. Uh, there are photos of this online, and it's a pretty creepy mannequin. But uh, anyway. Creepy? Ruth Ruth will not stand for this, Dave. Well, I apologize mean. to Ruth. I'm so sorry. Sounds hollow. Anyway, they did this with her over eight days on two United airplanes. There was a 777-200 and a 767-300. And in both cases, they did tests on the ground as well as up in the air. They did testing with masks on and masks off. 
They moved Ruth around to different parts of the airplane and took her sensors with her. So in the end, they did over 300 tests. Okay, so what do we know? Well, we found out that Ruth's virus doesn't actually go very far away. It moves slightly more forward in the front of the airplane, slightly more backward in the back just because of how airflow works. But there were never any measurements with a significant number of particles anywhere. It was very tiny. I mean, it's even tinier than the particles that will prevent me from caring about soccer. Okay. You're really, you're really going to keep banging on about this one. Uh, all right. So, uh, I mean, I can still get sick from tiny number of particles, right? Uh, not really. I mean, in this case, they had to make some assumptions. So using data, they settled on Ruth expelling 4,000 virions per hour, which I guess is units of virus. Uh, and the sensors required 1,000 virions to become infected uh, if they were people. So, uh, you know, th these are some assumptions they had to make based on data, but uh, it could vary, of course. Uh, and the thing to focus on, though, is that of all the tests, the absolute worst outcome required someone sitting next to another person who was sick on an airplane for 54 hours before getting sick. Right, which no one on the planet is doing right now or ever. Yeah, no kidding. And that's the point. But note, this is the worst outcome of all the tests and is with no mask on. If you put a mask on and use the average instead of the worst virus transmission number, you're now way up there on hours, like thousands of hours sitting next to someone. All right. Well, if uh, you haven't figured it out based on Brett's pronunciation of some of these words, we are not scientists. So we should talk about some of the things the study didn't account for. Uh, we know they focused on one passenger spreading the virus. So obviously results would be different if there were multiple passengers spreading the virus. Yeah, yeah. But let's get to what's important here. What did I mispronounce? Is it virions? Virions? Vi vi what is it? I, I don't know. I'm not a scientist. Oh, my God. We need a, we need a scientist stat. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, so to your less important point, uh, it would be different if there were multiple passengers spreading the virus. And I asked the study authors about that. They said that if there are multiple people, it should just be additive. It's not like there should be a, an exponential risk increase or anything like that. And with numbers this small, it would take a ton of people to create a, a real significant risk. All right. Also, the study did not account for how the virus would spread if people were moving around the cabin and taking off their mask to eat and drink, which, in other words, is normal human behavior while flying. Uh, not to mention how many people wear their mask incorrectly. Well, true on the first part, and the study authors admit as much in the paper, they didn't really test what would happen with people moving around or how it would go in high-traffic areas like at the labs. Uh, but on the second part, that's not true. They, they did plenty of tests without any masks. So they know that while masks reduce the spread, it's still pretty low transmission without them. Okay. Uh, we should also say that the study hasn't been peer-reviewed yet. And the conditions studied were far from what you'd normally see on an airplane. This isn't to say that the results from the study don't mean anything, but that there's still a lot we don't know about this disease and that there are virtually no risk-free scenarios. Thank you for that disclaimer. And it is true. Uh, people should take this into account when deciding what the study means. It's not suggesting that you can never get a virus on an airplane and everything's fine. Right. So what about people who we've heard got sick on an airplane? 
Yeah. Well, the reality is we, we don't really know how someone got sick. Uh, but there have been a handful of cases confirmed to have been transmitted on an airplane, in, including a, a study about a flight to Ireland that came out recently. Uh, and how did those happen? Well, it probably wasn't through aerosol transmission. As the study authors noted, there were three so-called dominant protection factors that made aerosol transmission so unlikely. On the airplane, those were, one, frequent replacement of air. So the way that the air systems work on airplanes, on the 767, 32 times an hour air gets replaced. On the 777, it's 35 times. This is pretty standard on, on aircraft, so it's really frequent. Uh, in, in fact, fun fact, uh, they showed that the virus disappeared within like six minutes on these airplanes. Uh, and if you had the same thing going on in your house, it would take about an hour and a half. Wow. Yeah. So number two is uh, the these airplanes all use HEPA filters during circulation to weed out these particles. Um, any airplane with more than 50 seats should have a HEPA filter doing that job. And uh, American and United have already been announcing that they're putting it on some of their 50-seaters as well. So they're all working toward getting their whole fleets uh, to have those HEPA filters. Um, and then the third is is just the the way that air flows on an airplane. So it's a downward flow. It comes in at the top of the cabin. It gets pushed down and gets sucked out at the bottom. And so that helps to do that as well. Um, so what does that mean? Well, it means that the most likely cause of some of these reported transmissions that we have seen, um, and remember, there are really few of them, uh, is that they were transferred through droplets, so bigger particles, uh, either those that were briefly airborne from someone coughing or sneezing within six feet of you or by touching the virus on a surface, then touching your face, something like that. All right. So why didn't they test that stuff? Well, in this particular study, that just wasn't part of the scope. Um, others have done that work over time. The bigger droplets, as I mentioned earlier, when uh, you were probably napping, are stopped by masks. So keep your masks on and you're in decent shape. And then surface transmission is a whole different issue. Uh, constantly washing your hands and or applying sanitizer before you touch your face will help. But also the disinfecting work that the airlines are doing helps a ton. Uh, Boeing just finished up a study recently with the University of Arizona testing disinfection using electrostatic spraying, UV light, and, and more, a bunch of these things. Uh, it used a, a harmless virus that behaves like SARS-CoV-2, but is a whole lot harder to kill. And the different methods all worked and effectively got rid of the virus. You can see more in the show notes on that, too. And uh, I'll put up a slide there that uh, talks about those results. All right. So like I said before, air travel is relatively safe from COVID. And this study really shines a light on the precautions that airlines are taking to reduce spread. There is no chance you'll be risk-free from COVID on an airplane. <laughs> but if every precaution is taken and enforced you can substantially reduce risk. I'd say that's right, doctor. Yeah. Who uh, needs a scientist? Yeah, well, <laughs> we, <laughs> I'm a, mark these words, Dave. <laughs> they will come back to haunt you soon enough, I'm, yeah, sure. I'm sure. somebody will We trust know. science here, Dave. Yep. Uh, but it is true. Look, I mean, you know, just after we get over the euphoria of reading this study, now there's this one uh, that I mentioned earlier about, um, you know, a handful of infections traced back to a flight that went into Ireland. And so these things will pop up and, and 
there hasn't been a massive number of super spreader events that would make it sound like transmission is a regular occurrence on airplanes. Nothing is without risk. But when you're actually on the airplane, you are relatively safe. Uh, but that doesn't mean that if the guy next to you is hacking up along and takes off his face mask and you can't get sick from him on an airplane, well, you know, the virus will hang around for less time, but it'll still be there and you can still get sick. And we do keep learning more about the virus every day. So, you know, that's kind of the story there. But there are probably other things to worry about more. And that's really the rest of the travel experience. I mean, don't get me started on airports and rental car shuttles and all other kinds of interaction. But uh, those are different stories. So maybe, maybe we'll touch on that next time. Yeah, I'm sure we can get a three-peats worth of safety information. <laughs> exactly. But in the meantime, wear your mask, be safe, and when you're comfortable and safety regulators agree wherever you may be, enjoy traveling again. Thanks for tuning in to Cranky Talk. We'll be back with more deep dives and helpful tips for these turbulent times. Before we finish up, I want to again thank this week's Cranky Talk sponsor, Turbulence Forecast. Almost every flight you take has turbulence, including mine from last week, Dave, but it was just little ripples that didn't show up on the map. Yeah, it wasn't anything big. But wouldn't you like to know how much there will be and when it will happen? Check out TurbulenceForecast.com for worldwide turbulence maps, interpretations, and a concierge forecast by email service. You can receive a personalized turbulence forecast before your flight from the founder of the website. That's TurbulenceForecast.com. And if you'd like to be a sponsor of this show, let us know. Email Dave directly at Dave at CrankyConcierge.com, especially if you're a scientist and would like to take issue with Dave's comments. Yeah, no, no shade to any scientists out there. But uh, one thing before we wrap up, I want to mention, uh, we're doing a special mailbag episode, uh, not next episode, but the one after. So you have about a month to get in your questions, anything you'd like to uh, hear us talk about, any questions you have that you want us to answer, send them in to Dave at CrankyConcierge.com and I'll pick the ones that I like the most. Mailbag! Yeah. Is that too excited? No, I think that's a perfect. It'll be fun. Uh, But, you know, if you also have suggestions for other shows on top of that, you can send Dave an email or you can send it to info at crankyconcierge.com or you can find us on Twitter or Facebook at Cranky Concierge. And if you're looking for the top daily airline news stories, you can subscribe to Cranky Daily at crankydaily.com.